0: Yeah, hi, I'm, I'm Daniel Bleakley, I'm 37, I'm an Extinction Rebellion member, and I'm a business owner, and I'm also a mechanical engineer. Uh, I'm currently on day seven of a hunger strike on the steps of Victorian Parliament House.
1: The will to act is itself a renewable
0: resource. Too
1: noisy. It's actually absolutely perfect. A little bit of background okay. noise, the trams, and the bloody flies. How much do you hate flies right now?
0: Actually, no. Nah, the The problem the problem with flies. Problem with when you're doing a hunger strike. Problem with flies. If one goes in your mouth and you swallow it, then.
1: That counts as eating.
0: Yeah, you're gone. You have to start again.
1: <laughs> have you thought, just idly, how many calories are in that fly?
0: <laughs> I reckon there's at least half a calorie. At I least. Don't, I don't know. I'm just, I've got no idea.
1: <laughs> so I'm here the on, on the... The <laughs> thing about flies is... <laughs> eating any <laughs> good flies lately? So I'm here on the Parliament steps of the Victorian Parliament up in the middle of Spring Street on a Monday afternoon... As you do, and I'm speaking to a man who is uh, a week into now. Um, it's not about what you're doing; it's that what you're not doing? And and beyond sitting here on the Parliament steps and not eating, what else is going on? You know, <laughs> what, what else has um, been happening?
0: Yeah, I've I've uh, I've been doing a lot of not eating over the last seven days.
1: You so you've been doing too much not eating, or too little, you know, just the right amount.
0: Uh, just the right amount, really. Yeah, so I've. The only thing that's passed my lips for the last seven days has been water, and I've uh, in the mornings I've put a little bit of salt in my water, dissolve that, and, and that's that's pretty much it. Yeah.
1: How close does that come to the taste of salt water, like sea seawater? Yeah, it's
0: it's it's funny. Like after a few days, your all your senses get heightened, and your sense of taste gets heightened, and salt water that becomes a cruel really irony
1: that like you, you taste more as you're not eating anything.
0: Yeah, so the, the the taste of salt it becomes really strong, and it's quite nice mm. after a few days.
1: How did you know to do that, the salt in the water trick?
0: It's just important to keep uh, keep your 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 salts up uh, when you're fasting. Everything else is pretty fine. Minerals and everything kind of stay in your body for quite a while. So I, before this hunger strike, I was um, making sure I was eating a lot of vegetables and and getting getting those vitamins up so yeah i'm confident it can get all the way through
1: so i could talk to you about the physiology and the the anatomy of how you fast for a long time because i find it fascinating and, and if you've ever seen me you can tell uh, that man has never done it before <laughs> so i'm very interested but of course i'm not here to talk to you about how this works but mm. uh but really about why you're doing it but also i'm here because a lot of people in the climate community have expressed support for what you're doing mm-hmm. Everyone who listens to the show is going to be supportive Mm -hmm. of what you're doing and why. But we are concerned about you. And um, you've done a great job over the last week of of talking about the why you've been amazing with your your media appearances, with the posts you've been doing. I Mm -hmm. guess you've had the time to think about it and craft it, but you've done a great job. And when I was asking people, hey, what should I ask Daniel, who's sitting out on the the steps, doing a 10-day hunger strike, and they also wanted to know, is he okay? Mm Mm-hmm. And so I, I know your mum's been asking, <laughs> you know, you've had been telling everyone about this. So you must have it down pretty good by now. But but how are you? Are you okay?
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm doing okay. I'm starting to get a bit weary and a bit lethargic. Uh, but my mind's still very focused. And I'm still very committed to get through the, the 10 days. And, uh, yeah, I, I did a bit of research before. I st- Well, I've done research on, on around... Doing this kind of thing for a few years, and I'm super confident that I'll be okay, and I won't do any any real damage. So, yeah, I've reassured my mum, and my mum wouldn't let me do anything too crazy anyway. So, I'm confident I'll get through okay.
1: Yeah, you you have some sort of surrogate maternal figures here looking after you. At.
0: Yeah, I've had so many mums and grandmas hanging around. <laughs> it's just amazing, and people, and uh, just people looking after me, making sure I'm. Drinking plenty of water, I've got shade. Extinction Rebellion rebels have been extremely supportive and, and been there for me every single day that I've, I've been doing this. Yeah.
1: Have there been times where you've been alone on the steps?
0: No, not at all. Wow. Um, and some days there's maybe 20, 30 people on the steps uh, with me. There's another rebel, Tim Uren, who also joined the day after me, and um, he's on his uh, sixth day today as well. So, yeah.
1: What's it been like seeing people go past? How are they responding? Like, not to ask you, Detroit. What's been the the sort of best reaction and what's been the worst? But what's kind of the the general vibe been of the seeing the city kind of pass in front of you and then see you here?
0: Yeah, it's a really good question. It's been it's been fascinating to watch uh, each day the city, how, uh, this area of the city, and how it moves and and what's happening. And um, people walking past. The vast majority have been extremely positive. I get people coming up the steps to, to shake my hand for what I'm doing. I get little thumbs up as, as people walk past. Uh, there have been some people not so supportive. So I've had a couple cars drive past and people yelling out, like, uh, go get a job. But in Extinction Rebellion, we're used to that. We get that quite a bit. And we know it's absolute garbage. Uh, so it just... You're up that doing kind of st- it for
1: them, just as much as anybody else.
0: Yeah, that kind of stuff is just water off a duck's back. But I had a really special moment on day two when a gentleman uh, walked up to me, introduced himself. We had a quick chat. He shook my hand, and then he gave me uh, a letter. And um, it was a really touching letter that, that said uh, how much he supported what I'm doing and that how he changed his view on some things because of a sole pl- protester and that each night... He has he has uh, young young children and, and they they have a little uh, tradition where each night they go home and they talk about one great thing that happened today and he said tonight I'm going to go home and tell my six year old daughter that I met Daniel on the steps of, of Parliament and it was really touching and I I shed a tear when I when I read it and um, yeah I'll be I'll be keeping that letter for a very long time.
1: That is a very powerful story and. I know that will affect that you know, young person's life. They will remember that, and of course the, the parent will. Did you have an experience like that at all when you were younger? When did the idea of a hunger strike as a tool for making a statement that cuts through the crap about something truly important, when did that kind of enter your awareness?
0: Well, really only in the last couple of weeks, to be honest, because the, this is a, a global Extinction Rebellion hunger strike and there's over 500 people who are doing this around the world. It was only around 10 days ago, that, or, or maybe two weeks ago, that I found out that this was happening. And yeah, I just decided that I, I really want to be a, a part of this to really elevate this issue to the level that it deserves. But um, on growing up, I, I actually grew up in a small uh, coal mining town in, in Queensland called Clermont. And Claremont has become famous recently because it's the closest town to the, the Adani mine. And yeah, I did all my schooling there. I've got friends and family there, and I really um, I really care about that community a lot. In two thousand and one, I I started an engineering mechanical engineering degree in Brisbane, and it was in two thousand and one when I started really learning about uh, climate science and when I wrote my first letter to a politician in Queensland about global warming and about how concerned I was about it and yeah I just got some rubbish uh, typical politician response back uh, about a one megawatt hour uh, one megawatt uh, macadamia nut husk uh, power plant and I knew what, because I was studying engineering, I knew what a megawatt was and i knew that that was just a complete drop in the ocean
1: you weren't fully satisfied with this answer from your elected representative i
0: definitely was not (laughs) uh how dare you yeah it was just (laughs) a token (laughs) yeah it was just a token response and and that hasn't really changed over the last two decades none of our politicians have really gotten serious about it and you know activists and environmentalists for the last, you know, for the last twenty years, a lot of a lot of environmentalists have played by the book. They've done the petitions, they've signed the petitions, they've written to their elected leaders. They have, they've protested on the side of the street. They've done all that stuff, but it hasn't worked, and our emissions just keep going up and up and up. And the coal mining um, industry has a tight grip on our democracy in this country, and. That's why this year uh, I decided to join Extinction Rebellion because, like other, like other environmentalists and activists who, who, who have been passionate about this topic for a long time, we've had a gutful. We, we're not going to write the letters anymore. It doesn't work. We have to get out on the streets and we have to demand that our elected officials take this seriously, which they're not. They're not treating it like an emergency, which it is. This, this issue needs to be the top priority in every decision that gets made. Um, and, yeah, that's that leads me to here. That's, that's why I'm on the steps right now on day seven of a hunger strike.
1: It's very easy to follow and compelling why you're here and why you're doing this. Going back to... I said this is part of the worldwide movement that Extinction Rebellion this week is putting on hunger strikes concurrently in over 500 cities, or is it over 500 people? Sorry, I've forgotten that. It's,
0: it's over 500 people, but in uh, uh, many cities around the world, mm. so yeah.
1: And what does that kind of mean to you while you're sitting here? Is that sort of conscious in your mind that there are other people going through this same thing right now?
0: Yeah, it means a lot to me. And in, in broader terms, knowing that Extinction Rebellion is a global movement means a lot to me as well. It, it really feels like you're part of something much, much bigger. Um, there haven't really been any uh, huge global movements like this in the past. I mean, that there's there's been the suffragettes and other other mass movements, the civil rights movement. But but nothing that is truly global and that's really what we need to solve this problem is a truly global movement so extinction rebellion just seems to be popping up at the right time and when you read the demands they're very broad and they're they're very simple and e- easy to, de- to to deliver in a message and the principles going through the principles um it's just fan- just a fantastic movement and i, I think it's just going to continue to grow and grow
1: so the great thing also about this time is that not only there was the huge demand for a group like this, so that's what XR has sprung out of this this huge yearning need for a movement like this, but also we're blessed at this moment to have the communications tools we have, and I'm sure everyone, kind of in the media, kind of brings up, oh, isn't it great? Yeah, you can you can you know there's there's now Slacktivists and you can either either look down on it or mm-hmm. or kind of trivialize it, but it has been amazing this week too to follow along with what you're doing and, and have every day, fr- fresh from the parliament steps, your reason for that day and mm-hmm. what you're especially feeling and focusing on that day. Because I then in turn tell my workmates about it. I mm-hmm. talk to my wife about it. They talk to their friends about it. It just disseminates from there. And I'm kind of curious, how much contact have you had with other people doing the hunger strike via social media and how has it felt knowing that Even if there's, you know, some people around you on Parliament steps that day, your message, your thinking while you're sitting on these steps is reaching hundreds, thousands of other people. Mm. What's that been like?
0: Yeah, I haven't really thought about it that much. And to be honest, I haven't been following any other hunger strikers around the world and purely because I've been too busy.
1: That's amazing. That in itself (laughs) is so cool.
0: Yeah, because, I mean, I I put out a couple posts and that, that doesn't take a long time, but I'm literally having discussions most of the day with, with people that are coming up and also interviews and um, and support team and stuff. So when before I started, I, I thought, oh, I'm going to pack like three or four books and just <laughs> get through a whole bunch. But there's just no chance. because are those because, back covers
1: going? <laughs> yeah, no, they're,
0: they're still in the pile of shame at home. Yeah. So. Um, I'll have to read them over Christmas time but uh, yeah I literally haven't had time to to do that but fortunately I've in XR Victoria we've got a great media team and great social media team and they've been very supportive in, in helping me get the message out as well
1: That's excellent and speaking of the conversations they're having and also the inaction of our leaders for 20 years I've noticed this this remarkable thing it's, it's totally understandable why politicians would be doing this but by being here on these steps, politicians have come out to you to have conversations mm-hmm. of course one, one big name we're still waiting on and we'll, we'll get to that and yeah. what we'd like mr. Andrews to do but um, tell me about the, the folks who have come out and have a conversation with you I know the leader of the Animal Justice Party um, Tim uh, Reed. Tim Reed yeah. from the Greens uh, what's that been like kind of instead of having to go to their office? They're coming out to have a chat with you on the steps.
0: Yeah, it's been been fantastic. Andy Medic, I think his name is, from the Animal Justice Party, came out on day one or day two and um, was really supportive. Um, we also support what, what Andy's, the great work that Andy's doing with, with trying to um, stop live animal export and, and things like that, which is absolutely uh, horrific practice that's, that's in our system.
1: One of our uh, traditional industries, Daniel. Uh, you think that's outdated? Yeah, I think, think it's you extremely think this outdated. Cool stuff is too. Well, yeah, it's, there's, I mean, there's, noticing some similarities.
0: There's so many similarities, and there's just so much. It, again, it all comes back to the fact that the system is broken. When we can put these animals, these mammals, onto a boat in 40 degree heat, and uh, and ship them off in these tiny little cages, and so many of them will perish on the way. It's it's disgraceful that we actually accept to do that. I mean, a lot of people don't know this is happening, but but it is, and it, it needs to it needs to stop. But yeah, we're getting a little bit off, off track, but yeah. Uh, we,
1: we are, but there's one quick observation that I think even a, a five-year-old could kind of complete this pattern for me of like, do we still throw a chamber pot out the window? No, because it's not the 19th century. Yeah. Can women still not vote? No, because it's not the 19th century. Exactly. Do we still burn coal? Oh, wait, what? Wait, we do, <laughs> do yeah. Do we still export live animals? Yeah. Yeah, It'll I mean, just stop doing everything we did in the 19th century.
0: There's so many bizarre things when you really think about them that we do in 2019. So we're sitting here in front of a a busy road, and we can hear the roar of the internal combustion engine. Inside that engine, there are little explosions going on. <laughs> that it's burning uh, fuel, and then exhaust is uh, this toxic smoke is coming out of the exhaust pipe it's going into the air we're breathing it in our children are breathing it in and it's 2019 and this is our primary mode of transport this literally th-
1: millions of years old that fuel
0: yeah it's it's so bizarre that in in an age where we have such technology like the the iPhone it had incredible leaps in technology over the past few decades and because of the control of the oil industry we're stuck still stuck using this archaic like technology, which is poisoning us all. And uh, I, I, it's really fortunate that we've got companies like Tesla who are producing the best cars in the world and outperforming, by a long way, outperforming all internal combustion engine vehicles as well. So bring on that future. But
1: mm-hmm. While th- we're quickly on the tangent, mm-hmm. it's topical, we're on the steps. Uh, Cybertruck. Yes or no, Daniel? What do you think? Oh, the most polarizing issue on the internet right now. Yeah, well... Sorry I, it's not your seven-day hunger strike, seven-day-old 7, year, seven day old hunger strike. Yeah, so... It's a truck.
0: Yeah, yeah. So I've been looking forward to the Cybertruck launch for a long time, and I couldn't watch it live because I was on the steps, which I was pretty devastated about, but I watched it when I got home, and when it first came out, it was interesting looking, and uh, I thought it was a bit uh, it looked a bit strange, but... Um, if we look at the numbers Elon Musk just tweeted about an hour or two ago that they've had 200,000 pre-orders for the for the Cybertruck which is absolutely phenomenal and I think as far as the shape the design goes I looked at it the other night and then I looked at it this morning and it's looking better to me this morning and maybe tomorrow it's going to look a little bit better
1: thank you very much we we don't ever do car talk on the show but you'd be the man to ask about that so I'm glad I
0: well, got the chance well if you have me back on I can talk about EVs for hours so yeah, yeah
1: yeah you I understand you're you're the man to speak to about that so we will have you back on for sure excellent suck all things you know current and modern transportation yeah I mean even our trams okay anyways <laughs> uh, getting off that and maybe back to one last question before I I'll let you go I'm going to turn this one around pretty quick so we'll mm-hmm. keep it short and thank you very much for your time is Next steps. So everyone is interviewing. You wants to know. Well, what are you? Why are you protesting for? What do you want? What would make you stop? It's it's a big question, and normally it's intended to derail or or defeat or to, yeah, divert the conversation a bit. Mm-hmm. But I noticed that one thing you have been calling on that would be very achievable and would represent a tangible step of goodwill by our state government. Mm-hmm. Uh, right at a very important time to be doing this. Right. The same week as we've got a rally for life here outside Parliament on Thursday, we've got the school strike for climate on Friday. Mm-hmm. Uh, as you'd like to have a conversation with our premier, Dan Andrews. Now, you you want you want to speak to our elected representative of our state? That's that's crazy, Dan. Why why do you think uh, you you a humble citizen and constituent deserve that treatment?
0: Yeah, well, it's not really. Uh what we're requesting isn't isn't for me to, to meet directly with Dan Andrews. It's actually for a group of Extinction Rebellion representatives to meet with representatives of the government, preferably including Premier Andrews. In countries around the world, Extinction Rebellion has met with uh, elected officials and they've had very productive meetings. And we want to do this because we want to relay our three demands to the government in in person. Uh, Those demands, I'm sure a lot of you listeners know what they are, but I'll I'll just repeat them quickly. The first one is that the government must tell the truth about the climate crisis and declare a climate emergency now. (laughs) The second one is that governments must act now, commit to net zero emissions by 2025. And the third one is that since our system... Of politics is broken we need to install a citizens assembly to help guide the transition to a sustainable future because we need to go beyond politics with this one so those are the three demands that, that we want to relay and finally we, we also want to ask why the premier andrews government which is a supposedly progressive government why haven't they declared a climate emergency yet? We'd like to know why. It seems like uh, the obvious thing to do when 11,000 scientists have just signed an open letter saying that we are in a climate emergency, why doesn't our progressive uh, Dan Andrews government do the same? Um, yeah, so we are calling on a, a meeting with Premier Andrews and that our, our representatives would be led by jane morton who started the extinction rebellion movement in victoria and has been uh, campaigning on climate issues for well over a decade uh and it, it will include other other extinction rebellion members as well so yeah
1: we look forward to not only some response to that request from the government for that but for that meeting to happen as you say it has happened in other cities other the municipalities there's no reason it shouldn't happen here mm-hmm. and I really hope that does happen because I know you've spoken with great humility about it and I know you've assured everyone that you're, you're doing okay and you know what you're doing but I just want to say while well, I've got the chance here sitting with you to say thank you so much for what you're doing and now that we're in day seven I was I was meaning to get to you much earlier and I mm-hmm. know this is I've asked a lot of you for this this bit of lots of talking mm-hmm. um but yeah it is it is a really big thing you've done and we really appreciate that you've done this on our behalf and and the behalf of everyone as we're all facing this same horrifying situation it's 2020 next year yeah the future is already here and um, thank you very much for doing what you're doing to help save us
0: well thanks very much Mark and you know I'm I'm just one of thousands of people doing doing their thing and this is just one way that i can I can uh, bring attention to this issue and we all it's it's really it's not how much, it's not how strong we are it's what we do with our strength and what we do with our power and we all have a lot more power than we than we realize that's something I've really um, realized. <laughs> embraced, I f- even. Embraced. it's something I've really embraced uh, since, I, since I joined Extinction Rebellion knowing how much power the individual does have to get out on the streets there and demand action and if we all did it we can achieve fantastic things and yeah I'd just like to say also to, to your listeners that if, if, if you can call your local state MP or write them a letter and just say how much it means to you that Victoria does declare a climate emergency, that would add a, a lot to this uh, to this message as well.
1: Excellent. Thank you, Daniel.
0: Thanks very much, Mark.
1: Thank you for joining us. You've been listening to Climactic, the flagship podcast of the Climactic Collective, a podcast network dedicated to lifting the voices of the climate community. You can find out more about the people behind Climactic and all the shows we produce at climactic.fm. We are a social enterprise podcast network, and we greatly appreciate your support. You can find a link to our Pausable where you can support us directly in the show notes of this episode or from our website. Thank you for listening, and from the whole Climactic Collective, keep up the great work and take care of each other in these climactic times.